Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, Mary Beth Anderson. Five years ago, MB, as we know her in the business, sold everything that her family owned, packed up the car, and hit the road, headed toward her next production. She's been on the road ever since, executive producing all across the country. She is known best in the home reno space. She's produced HGTV's Brother vs. Brother, Restored by the Fords, My Lottery Dream Home, Design Star, and Good Bones. She is beloved over there. If you listen to my podcast with Lauren Roosh way back, we talk about her as well. So MB started her career in 2001 on TLC's Trading Spaces, which is how I know her from way back when. And she's done a ton of shows for other cable nets and broadcast networks over the years. So we get into her career and also kind of her wild, unconventional life on the road with her family. And it's really a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy. Well, this is a very exciting day. I am here with the one, the only, Mary Beth Anderson. Woohoo! We need the applause track. Better known as MB. I have known, I was, as I was telling my husband this morning, I have known you longer than I've known him. You're and right. that's a long time. That's more than 17 years, girl. Shh. I know. 18 years. We've been doing this a long time. You were only five. Uh, <laughs> practically, yes. You look exactly the same. Well, like you. literally. It's a little creepy, actually. Thank you. So, fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you and I met in Philadelphia. I was doing a pilot that you were working on called 48 Hour Wedding. I think I've told this story before on the podcast, so I'm not going to get into it. But basically, I went to Philly just to do a pilot for six weeks. I was living in New York, had no intention of ever moving to Philly, but loved trading spaces, which we'll get into. Is That's how you started. And that's why I went to Banyan. I was hoping to get hired on that show as a freelancer because I was subletting my place in New York. They didn't have anything on that show, but they had this pilot 48 Hour Wedding and I don't know if you remember this, but you were helping us with casting and we were doing rounds like because the first part of the show was a game show and you were helping us like do the mock trials in the office. I was. You were either a dater or you were just like helping us behind the scenes. But I specifically you remember you in the lobby with us with Christo. Oh, Shout out to Chris. Hey, Chris. Um, yeah. Like going through the format and it was so much fun. That show was so much fun and so well, crazy. Your desk was right on the other side of my desk. Yeah. So, and I just remember you guys filming that wedding and it was, it was crazy. Insane. It was insane because people didn't understand that 48 hours was actually really, there was no, we weren't playing fast no, and loose. It, it was, was 48 hours. Yeah. And anyone who knows me knows I like to get my eight hours of sleep. So that was not <laughs> a good schedule for my, so yeah. So when I met you, were you actually working on trading? Like, mm-hmm. how did you even get into Banyan? I wanted to work for Banyan, period. But, but you were 23? I was like, oh, let me do the math here. I, I was 22 when I started at Banyan Productions. So you're right out of college. Right out Where'd of school. Where did you go to? Did you go to Penn State? No, I went to Indiana University of Indiana. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, not of Pennsylvania? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean there's one in Pennsylvania? Okay, you went to the big one. I went to the big one. And is that where you're from? No, I'm from all over. I moved all over growing uh, up. Makes sense. Yeah. As we get into yes. what the heck you're doing now. So, oh, okay. When did you go to high school? Well, like, where were I you I went from? to high school right outside New York City. Oh, where? Uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey. Oh, yeah, of course. Ridgewood's very nice. It's a lovely town. Yes. So I, yes. Okay. New Jersey. That, yep. That's what I think of. And then you, how'd you find out about Banyan? I was obsessed. 
So there was a show called Travelers. Oh my God. That was their first show. I know. And it was amazing. Shout out to Anthony Euro. Uh, hello, Anthony Euro <laughs> and Chris Emanuelides and all yes, the people Gene who McElway. worked on that show. Yep. And he used to be on Discovery at like four o'clock in the afternoon when I was in Prime high time. school. Oh my God. And I did a Travelers of my hometown of Ridgewood, New Jersey. Wait, really? Yeah. Like in high school <laughs> for fun. <laughs> Like with a camcorder? Uh Uh-huh. You're so cute. I I loved it. I did the same like graphics with just like the little (laughs) words on it. I don't know. It was just fun. It was... I've always had a bit of wanderlust and they would buy tra- people would travel all over the world and it'd be like a fun exploration of these towns. I remember them doing like the Tomatina and the running of the bulls and, you know, South America. It was it was just seemed beyond incomprehensible that you can make a TV show about it. Wow. Things are starting to make sense. I did not yeah. know this. It's all I starting to it. become a part of the puzzle that mm-hmm. we will put together by the end of this. And then when I got to college, I was... Um, in a sorority. Hey. And Shout out to Kappa Sigma Sigma. <laughs> Delta. Okay, D. Yeah. And, um, but there's only, I mean, I'm so old that there was only two televisions with cable in the house. There was the <laughs> pink room and then there was the TV upstairs in the like informal living room. Okay. And one would be days of our lives. And then after lunch, I'd run downstairs because on TLC, <laughs> it'd be a makeover story, a wedding story, a baby story. Ugh, and the good I old just, days. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. It was like, just. Yeah. I don't know. It was early, like unscripted, right? Yeah, it was yeah. just really the first time there was early great 2000s. verite of people and their stories. Mm-hmm. And they were simple and lovely, but they were great. And I watched every episode I could. And then I, that's where I wanted to work. I was like, this is horrible. So, so did I, you do what I did? You waited for the credits. You yeah, found Banyan, and like, you looked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it's so funny. And I had a mentor from high school who worked at the NBA. I did my internship at NBA Entertainment, like the basketball league. I'm okay, six so, foot two. Yeah. Everyone thought I was a great basketball player. I stink. <laughs> Such a shame. I'm, Such I'm a waste a of talent. real disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I had a great internship there. It was a paid television internship, which is kind of a big in, reason in why I took city? it. In the city? No, it was in Secaucus. Oh, okay. And um, I, I think I was offered a baby story internship and I didn't take it because it wasn't paid and I was like retrospectively I should have wow but um Linda Calabrese Kane was a friend of this guy Jay Kincaid who was the director of NBA Inside Stuff and he was like you know Banyan's really top drawer like they make great content and so I was like huh and so I sent my resume along to her I graduated like right before 9-11 wow and so that summer, I was like trying to get in, trying to get in. And then like the job market just dried up. I was still like waitressing. And I was like, well, you know what? Screw it. They're not going to hire me unless they really know me. So I rematriculated, bought a credit at Indiana University. Told them I would intern and work there for free. Live with my Wait, grandma. this is awesome. Yeah. I have never heard of such a thing. Yeah. You became, you graduated, mm-hmm. but became a college student again. So you could do an unpaid internship. Correct. That is fantastic. I said, if I can't get in the front door, I'll get in the back door. You hear this, kids? This is called hustle. You got to hustle. I love it. Yep. How hilarious. <laughs> ridiculous. But all right. So there back had to be an easier way. Yeah, no, apparently not. <laughs> not in 2001. Right. So, I mean, the reason why I knew I wanted to work at Banyan, and this is funny, yeah. but I saw mistakes on TLC <laughs> and I was Girl. like, well, if I can see the mistakes, that means I can make it. Like I could make the show because I'm seeing the right way, but I'm also seeing the wrong way of doing it. It kind of gave me the confidence to I, I, make it real. Right? That was the word I was just going to use. Yeah. The confidence that you had as a 21 year old woman. That's incredible. Yeah. So I was very lucky. My grandmother lived in South Jersey, 
live with her for a while and did the internship. Haddonfield. So who was your, did you work for Schiff? So Denise Cramsey gave me my first internship. Oh, I just got chills. I know, I love her so much. She gave me my big break. So talk about Denise a little, because we've never talked about her on the podcast. And for people who don't know, yeah, she's a legend. She was a legend. She's a legend. So this was season two of Trading Spaces when it first come to Banyan. And she's just, she was the most incredible showrunner ever. I could like cry. I loved her so much. She was just a life force. And I don't know, every day I'm like, what would Denise Gramsci do? I truly, I think about her all the time. I would say she's like one of the most profound losses in my life. She passed away. Gosh, it's been a while now. A long time, at least 10 Mm -hmm. years. But she was the um, showrunner of Trading Spaces. She also did a wedding story. And then she went on and had like a, overall ABC out, yeah or Universal something like that yeah. out here and then she was the showrunner um later on with Extreme Home Makeover when Ty went over there right so she um I didn't know Denise I mean I knew you know hello mm-hmm. in the office kind of thing but when she passed I mean she was even legendary at the time I mean people told oh, Denise Cramsey you know and it was like who's this Denise Cramsey like she's sounds you know important and then um when she passed just the level of outpour of love and loss for her was like nothing I've ever seen. It was, it was awful. Yeah. Still is awful. I still yeah. wish I could call her and be like, Hey Ugh. D, what should I do? Cause she, it was once so she you was were your in her circle, yeah. it was for life. You know what I mean? Like she just, she had you and I still work with people now. It's like, Oh, you, Denise gave me my first job. Like when we're still tied by that. Wow. Yeah. What do you think made her so good at what she did? Um, she was really whip smart. Like, and she understood every single department. She also, um, led with joy, you know, like I can hear her laughing right now, you know? Wow. I'm like chilled. I know me too. Yeah. Um, emotional. And, but she was also tough when she needed to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Perfect like combo. Yeah. She was just an excellent, excellent television producer. I, I don't know. I've never met anyone like her. Wow. Um, I just, wow. You know, well, I'm glad you, you talked about her for people who, who do, who didn't know her. So you ended up working on trading spaces yeah. though, right? Was that, so that was like the goal. We're really digging deep here. Yeah. Uh, so I was an intern. Well, people for, love those uh, early days. Like, cause it was a day I used to like get myself pumped up going over the Ben Franklin bridge. Like <laughs> I need a job. I need a job. Like that was my mission is yeah. like wanting a job at Banyan. And that's so, the other thing that people don't understand because Philly is obviously not a hub of entertainment. But back in the day, Banyan was a force. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, Trading Spaces was huge. It was mm-hmm. all anyone was talking about. It, I, well, let me, yeah. so I yeah. was an intern season two. Then I worked in develop. Then I was a development intern. I think for that's, ben Ringe, that's, and that's what I probably I, did 48 yes. hour wedding or okay. something like that. that and makes then sense. I did a show called Birthday, which was like a laborer and delivery show. Right. Very transformative in my life, actually. Loved that show, researching. And then a job came up for season three of, yeah, season two. I don't even know. Anyway, a job came up for season three to be a researcher. And I was the casting girl for that show. And then for, for, for trading. Got it. Okay. And then I did, um, seasons four, five, and six. Did you do trading spaces kids too? Yeah. I was actually the um, development casting director on that. So I was the one who found like, all the people, Scott. And, oh my gosh. My yeah. stepson was on that show. My cousin was on that show. Yeah, it was so cute. It was. it was so cute. He got a skateboard room. 
Oh, oh, I remember that episode. Yeah, I yeah. think you might have helped me actually. Yeah. I've been like, get him in. I pulled a couple strings. It's a lot in Philly. Yeah. So then, how long were you actually at Banyan? I think I was there from like 2001 until 2007. I worked for them as recently as 2011 when I was pregnant. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. But Off you're and on right because you did other stuff yeah. in between. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then, okay. So you kind of got once you got into the home space. Did you ever get out? Yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah. you did other stuff. So I consider myself like a lifestyle specialist when people ask you. I mean, obviously now I'm like neck deep. I work for HGTV right now and it's like, build a house. Here, yeah. I'm your girl. But back in the day, it was like food, travel, anything lifestyle, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, that's kind of what we did. And was that the stuff that you always liked watching? Always. Yeah. I wish I'd like wanted to do something fun and scripted and like. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's. I don't know. I just felt I was 13 when I decided I wanted to become a television producer. I was super young. I directed our middle school. Oh my God. Um, I remember the first day I directed like my middle school announcements. We had channel one with like Anderson Cooper and Lisa Ling and all these people. And I loved it. And I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. I'm still doing it. Do you have siblings? I have two younger sisters. I was know? just going to say, I know you're the oldest. hundred percent. There's no way that this person in front of me is the youngest child. No. Yeah, you just have that confidence. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And especially to know you wanted to do that stuff that young when it didn't even really exist yet. Well, that's why I was so excited about <laughs> travelers and a wedding. I was like, oh, this is the stuff. Like, yes. Right. I don't know. It was amazing. I feel very lucky that I knew I wanted to do it for so young because it made everything so straightforward, right? Yeah, look, I mean, people struggle sometimes. Yeah, like, what to, I want to do it. My husband, like, you know. Yeah, right. Like, I've had many careers and I'm like, I've had one. Right. I think it's rare not to get too far off course, but you mentioned your husband. I think it's rare. My husband and I both kind of always knew what we wanted to do, but I think that's super rare. Mm -hmm. I I think that in a relationship, usually one is sort of the hard driver and the other one's not. That's what I have seen. It's it's usually very rare to have like two alphas. Totally. But that's a different podcast, which I'm interested (laughs) in exploring. So stay tuned for the relationship dynamic podcast. Um, Okay. So at what point, like other than Philly, were you ever in another city for a long period of time? Uh, no, I've lived in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania longer than anywhere else in my life. Actually, my whole life. I have never been based in L.A. or New York, which is, I think, really weird. I'm I'm out here right now. The reason why I'm able to be here today is because I'm filming in Los Angeles right now. But this is the first time I spent more than like two weeks in L.A. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like just surprised that your job didn't take you here for other reasons. I mean, I've been here but never I never had to live here right well also most of the shows you do are like about regular people you know it's not like celebrity based or anything how about Topeka I'm like awesome (laughs) sounds good (laughs) so then at what point did you get sort of firmly into the home space well trading space is like the first one right (laughs) like you know the reveal I still reveal the same way that we did on that show right yeah so that was the first time I kind of knew of design television let me stop you there also on the reveal because people always want to know, is it, is the reveal real? In other words, do you keep the people truly out and then capture it? Oh real? my God. Especially on that show. I mean, yes, you have still, to. but like the reveal was everything on everything. trading spaces. Like, so when I was an associate producer, you would bounce between the two houses, right? You'd have a director in each house. Yep. You had one producer who was overseeing the entire show. And then the APs and the location coordinators would bounce between. And like, if you got the paint color that was happening at the <laughs> other house, like on your shirt, 
you would take a piece of tape oh, wow. and you would tape up your shirt so they couldn't see Oh, that's anything. good. That's good. And it was all about, you know, being- But what like, happened if something screwed up? What do you mean? I don't know. If someone wasn't rolling sound or if like the person said, holy fuck or whatever. And then you bleep it. I don't know. Right. You know. Did that happen? Uh, yeah, a lot of like mic clutching, oh my God, right. and <laughs> right, like right, some right. cursing, but they would like, you know, snip around it. Yeah. I can only think of like- no, I don't even remember. I mean, you have to get that has to be real. It has. You have to get it. Because I always joke that like whenever I'm shooting, and usually it's a sizzle at this point. The hardest, the thing that always takes the longest is the knock on the door or like mm-hmm. the meat, the meat. Because it's great. fake. Right. And I always say like, as we're doing it for the 500th time, for whatever stupid reason, this will be the hardest thing we do. Yeah. And it always is. And <laughs> right. I try and save it for last. So that way it's yes. like, you're nice and warmed up. You're not yes. going to die on camera. Like, hey, let's start our shoot together with the fakest thing we do. It's just You're so right. See, I wish I had taken that note <laughs> 25 last. years ago. Yep. Yeah, you're so right. Because it's always, it's just so annoying. Like, why does it have to take so long? Okay, so then once you got, I want to talk about the last five years specifically mm-hmm. because you and I have been Facebook friends for a long time too. So, you know, it's so, you know, whatever you say about social media, whatever, one of the really good things is that we've gotten to keep up just from seeing your life and kind of knowing, you know, a little bit of what's going on. And so at a certain point, you know, I'm like, so what's going on here? Like she's (laughs) has this adorable baby, but she's like, where's she living? What's she doing? So talk about, you know, kind of in my car. Yeah, exactly. So t- you had this really, that's why I was so excited to talk to you on the podcast because it's so unusual for our business and just, you know, in life, it's a very small segment of the population that is kind of living this lifestyle, <laughs> lifestyle, put it in quotes, but it's super interesting when you and I had lunch a couple months, weeks ago, I wanna, you know, of course I was grilling you about it. Cause it's really, really interesting to me. So talk a little bit about like meeting your husband, having your baby and how that dovetailed into your work life and kind of your philosophy from there. Totally. Well, I met my husband when I was 25, actually. Whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and was, he was 64. <laughs> I mean, at the time, it felt like he was. I'm he was kidding, husband. 41. I love you, honey. And <laughs> as I become older, I'll be 41 next year. I'm like, you were, I was how old? Like, what? You've got so many more years on me of like freedom. Um, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's true. Like, you know, he was just an adult much longer right. before <laughs> right. we like hitched up. Now, had he been married before? He, I'm his second wife. I love being the number two. <laughs> the trophy. I do. Did, but yeah, he didn't sure. have kids. Thank you. He did not have kids, okay. which is definitely a different element of being the second wife, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I can vouch for that. He was very young when he got married the first time. And um, Did you the, meet in Philly? Mm-hmm, we met in Philadelphia um, at a house party. He came to my house and it was like kind of like some like, you know, just a boring party kind of. <laughs> I think the hard part about working in TV is like you're constantly around like really stimulating, interesting people. And I feel like our tribe of TV people is a fun one. Wow. That's such a good point. You know, because whenever I'm forced into other types of situations, I'm always bored to death. Well, yeah, it's just like, it's just a different energy, right? (laughs) It is. And And also you just have so much in common by design Mm -hmm. with people in the industry. Mm -hmm. There's just so much to talk about, even if it's annoying. It's so much to talk about. And there's a lot of life experience there. Cause especially as reality producers, we're always in different parts of, the world. Right. So uh, anyway, so I met him at a party and we like really hit it off. He at the time, like trading spaces was like crazy popular and I had gotten out of a relationship and I swear to God, that guy only dated me because of the show. 
Because this person worked on the show? No, he was from out here. I think he wa- we were like lucky enough to be nominated for an Emmy. And I think he wanted to go to the Emmys with me. And he started dating me. And I think he was just enamored with the Wait, TV but how show. did you meet him? I met that guy on Match because I was sitting oh. next to a dating story, annoyed that I wasn't going on any dates in oh, Philly. that's hilarious. So I went on Match. Anyway, so long and short of it was, <laughs> my husband was like, what's that show? I've never heard of it. And I was like... Yes. Keep talking. Oh my God. That's hilarious. And we just really hit it off. I just, I don't know. I knew right away that he was the one. Did he know? I think so. I don't know. I always said he invited me over for dinner like a week after we met for, and that was it. Like I'm still over for dinner. We just never stopped spending time together. Oh, I know. And so then how long were you together before you had Otis? Uh, Oscar. My husband's name is Otis. Oh, that's confusing. I know. Oh, no. We didn't think about that. We're going to cut that up. Yeah. So how long were you guys together before you had Oscar? We got married uh, about five. Well, no. Oscar was born in 2012. We got, we met in 2005. Oh, that's a long time. Mm -hmm. Wow. You must really like each other. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Most days. So then how was it working at the time before you had your son in terms of you traveling? Because so much of the gigs that you do, you're on the road. Well, when we first met my husband, he was on quote unquote early retirement. (laughs) So Nice. Yeah. I know. Good for him. He found a sugar mama. Kind of. He decided to take a year off and he was just like kind of. I don't know. He was trading stocks and decided that he wanted to just like chill for a year, which was cool. And um, he would travel a little bit with me that first year when I was on the road with trading spaces, which was awesome. And then, um, yeah, it was fine. You know, I what's great about dating a guy who's a lot older than you is that he was already a he already had his thing going on. Right. You know, and, and he, he was good on his own. Yeah. And he was single for a long time. before yeah. We got together. I mean, he dated, but he wasn't married. And so he was very self-confident. He still is. And it was just no problem, you yeah. know, which is, was great. So I was like, see ya, I got to go. Yeah. And it was actually four days after we got married, I went on a shoot for the travel channel. I said, I went on my Mediterranean cruise on my honeymoon alone because <laughs> I was on a cruise ship show. That's so fun. Yeah, so how many shows, but side note though, how many shows considering you're such a traveler, have you done a lot for travel channel or back in the day when it was traveling? I did like two shows for them. And then I did a series for the web for Nat Geo. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Back in those days, what was the funnest, the most fun shoot you, you ever did? Ever? Yeah. Like the best, I don't know, I guess maybe not necessarily the people, but the location, like just was like, wow, this is incredible. I would never be able to do this if it wasn't for this job. That cruise ship show was pretty insane. Really? Yeah. Like it was called cruises. We love. And I was like, counting down number 10, you know? (laughs) Oh, so you went on multiple cruises. Yeah. And we went on six cruises. Can you tell me the cruise appeal? Because I personally would rather, well, especially now with coronavirus, but leaving Corona out of it, I have always said like, you know, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes than go on a cruise. I just, it just seems awful to me. What is the, I get that you get to see multiple places. So that part I get, I don't get anything else about it. It just seems horrible. I mean, I've been on a cruise within the past year too. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, I felt the same way until I worked on that show. Now, granted, it, we probably should have been like doing Carnival's trip to the Western Caribbean or, you know, Princess's cruise to China. No, yeah, right. Um, no, but, you know, more mainstream cruises. And we were like, 
Abercrombie and Kent in the Bering Sea. Oh, that's uh, cool. Like a Four Seasons, Region Seven Seas. This is getting more interesting now. Oh, yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, like yeah. it was really high end and amazing. Shout out to like Chrissy for making that happen. But but you're not freaked out that you're on the water the whole time. I mean, I'm the girl <laughs> who wants to move on a sailboat and live okay. on the water full time. So okay. not for me, it's very relaxing. <laughs> right. I like a sea day where like my phone doesn't work and you're just right. Out to sea. Right. So. I, I was like, that. it's an amuse-bouche <laughs> of places. You're yeah. never going to really do a deep dive anywhere yeah. unless you go on a much more exclusive, like there's a sea dream, like super exclusive. Okay. But like on the bigger ships, you're just going to get a taste. Yeah. I I guess I I guess I get the travel part about it. I To me, the being with other people all the time and feeling like I'm stuck with them and all that separates us is this shit. You know what I mean? That we're all like going to go down together. I don't know. That part freaks me out because I don't, I don't like to do that. Well, then probably <laughs> cruise is not for you. For, I'm thinking it's not for me. For me, it's like a mindless vacation. And we'll d- dive a little bit more about like my normal everyday lifestyle yes. of like constantly being right. traveling. Right. So for me, it's like, I don't That's have to relaxing. plan a thing. Okay. I show up. Here's my spot. You're going to take me to a couple little places. Yeah. You're going to like. There's five places to eat. There's so many, like, so little choice. Right, right. The, you like that. The, the limitation just, is Right, great. you love it. It's just, you don't have to make any decisions. That's a vacation. Okay, so back to your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have your son, and then what year was that? 2012. Okay, and then how, did you guys talk before you had him? Like, okay, how is our life going to change? Because I'm always on the road. You know, I'm going to take an in-house job somewhere. I'm going to, we're going to plant our roots. Like what were those conversations? Well, we traveled all the time still. I was working in Philly, I but I didn't really, there was no, it kind of dried up in town. There wasn't mm-hmm. a ton of options. I'd done a season of Design Star in New York. So like New York had all of a sudden become like an opportunity, right? Like I met right. some new people, right, right, which right. was great. Um but we were just kind of scraping by. I was doing like some corporate work. I'd owned my own production company at right, that time. That's right. And so I had smaller clients in Philly. Um, but at that point it kind of petered out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just like, huh, it wasn't really until he was two. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how deep you want to dive. Here. No, I want to dive deep. Um, so I was, when he was one, I was, I got a job for like when all the major networks went and got their second digital channel, mm-hmm. you know, there was a show called knock it off that filled in Philly with six ABC. Right. Uh, I don't remember that. No, it was not, like two gals out of Philly. <laughs> they were awesome. They were from the Nate Burke show. Oh, wow. And it was like two weeks on two weeks off and four days a month in the field. It was Crazy. like the perfect, like yeah. you have a newborn job. Right. Right. Um, and it was like a two day reno, one room, wow. very similar to trading. And it was great. And so I kind of kept, you know, my toe in the water with that. And then I did some other shows up in like the New York area. I did one, which was a nightmare. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I quit. I've quit very few jobs. I think that one I was like, you know, this isn't working out. And I left. Um, Ooh, what was it? I don't even want to say what it was. It was such a nightmare. But th- I'll say this. Say it. There was points when we were sitting in that production office looking around being like, where are the cameras? It must be rigged. Because this is such a nightmare. Are we on a prank show? <laughs> well, what made it so bad? You don't say what the show was, but what was so horrible? Just like I'm so disorganized. Right. Like where we were like working out of was like this like closet with no <laughs> windows. And then like tables would collapse. And oh the, the shoot changed like 
three or four times of where we were going. Was it a home show? It was a like a, a follow doc. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, those can be messier. They were messier, but it was like they couldn't even get off the ground. <laughs> right. So I was just like, and then the client, I don't know, it was a mess. Anyway, but it was a great tool to be, to stand in your worth. And I'm, I believe in like listening to your gut and being like, this isn't aligning with my value. There was a scene they wanted us to shoot where this little boy who was 11 years old, they wanted him to start like cruising for chicks. Oh God. And I was like, that's not who this kid is. And it was very <laughs> contrived. And I definitely have a like, uh, let's make a re- arena of reality for reality to exist in. So explain what you mean by that. I mean that I don't, I'm not a big like, and first you're going to say this and then you'll say this and then you'll pick up that and then we'll do this. It's like, and then you'll cruise for chicks. Right. No. And you're 11. And you're 11. Like and it all just, of it's gross. It's all was so scummy and so gross and it was all scripted out. And I'm, and they had a writer on the show. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, this I'm is dying to know what the show is. Say what it was. No, it, I don't even think it ever aired. Oh, wow. It was that bad. So what do you do in the moment? Do you say, Hey, this is not, I won't do it. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't think I can go on that shoot. I'm so sorry I'm no longer available. And I just kind of walked. Good for you. But I, I just, I really firmly, I was like, I'm not going to go put this kid on television doing these things that I don't, that he's not doing or uh, innately already himself. I'm not going to make a contrived situation out of nothing. I think that's, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that for a lot of producers, it's really hard, even in development, no matter what you're doing, which is like you have a boss, which is the network. Mm-hmm. They're giving you the money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes it really hard to say no to that boss. You know, unless they're asking you to murder somebody. It, I think it's a real dilemma. And I do think that with experience and with age, and clearly you didn't need any of those things because you've been a badass from day one. I love you so but, much for saying that. But you're right, though. But for the rest of us. You know, that's where I'm at now in the last few years. I don't take a job I don't want to do. Right. I don't work for people I don't like. I don't get involved in toxic situations. Like, just no. I don't care if I'm, you know, give me this amount of money. If you don't give it, I'm walking away. It's not a bluff. I don't care. But it takes a really long time to get there. And frankly, not everybody has the luxury to be able to walk away from whatever paycheck that is. Right. So it's really bold and brave of you that you've always been able to do that. But I do think hopefully, I don't think everyone's like that. And I'm not judging it because I certainly haven't been, but I do think that the more examples that especially as women, because I think it's harder for women too, that we set for other people, the more that will change because things like that aren't okay. No, not okay. And when a kid was involved, I really it's gross. couldn't do it. So where were we? <laughs> oh, so walking away. So anyway, so I... I literally of, walked away. I walked away from the show. Yeah. I, this this does not align with what I feel is okay and I'm going to walk. And I like we had no money anyway. It didn't right. matter. Like what well, I care. Like I'm already pissed poor. It I'm doesn't walking matter. away from zero. Yeah, exactly. So we'll just go back to Philly. But then my husband and I were sitting there and we're like, "Well, man, what are we going to do?" In 2011, I'd done a quick season of Design Star. To back up a little bit, I had a production company in Philly and I was just kind of not really fulfilled. It was a lot of corporate work. And I was like, I'm tired of, and I did everything like down to like, yeah. you know, composing your own music to use. Cause you didn't have any money to like pay That's for impressive. the licensing. I was like, I don't know. I'm just wow. doing a beat on garage band, I guess. <laughs> like I can't afford the 50 bucks. Um, but it was training and I, you know, yeah. tried to sell a bunch of shows and do a bunch of stuff. It was not the right time. It was right during the financial crisis of 2008 oh God. when I opened it. Um, with Leslie Nichols. Hey Leslie. Um, so anyway, 
I was just kind of burnt out on TV. And I, my husband and I went to dinner and I was like, babe, I'm just, I'm going to be a photographer. I just snap one frame that tells the story. We're good. Well, I'll just do that for, for now. And he's like, okay, whatever you want. Come home. He falls asleep on the couch. I open up my laptop and Amy Van Vessum, do you remember Amy? Yes. Was like, SOS, I need a producer who's done home improvement television before, design television before next week in New York. And it was Design Star. Wow. And I was like, um, <laughs> sent my resume in and got the job. A girl had broken her leg on vacation in Ecuador, poor thing, on a oh horse. And <laughs> Jesus. they needed a replacement. And so I just kind of like went up. And I love and I fell back in love with television so hard. It was wow. exactly what my little spirit needed at that point. Um, and so I don't know, lived in the production office, like with Tucker Smith. And you literally lived we there. Lived in, we slept in the PO and oh in the interview room because it was an easier commute in New York. Right. It was a, it was a blast. Like it was just a yeah. big show, big sound stage. It was very different than trading spaces. That was before your son. This is before my son. Yeah. But that but the reason why it's important is I went and took that job in New York. And I made all these new contacts, right. right? So fast forward, have my baby working in Philly, taking weird jobs, <laughs> not aligning. And then I look at my husband that day and he's like, I'm like, what are we going to do? I got to do something, you know, we got to, I have to make some money. Right. Kids not going to feed himself. <laughs> right. And um, baby needs new shoes. I was like, well, let me just reach out to people and see if there's anything available. Maybe we can convince someone to travel me somewhere and we can get out of Philly for the winter. Cause you got like a toddler, yeah. Philadelphia, Ugh. freezing cold. I'm like, let's just see. And it was like that week right after I'd left that horrible job and, um, sent out some emails and Tucker Smith, who I'd work with on design star was like, yeah, I'm doing this show called brother versus brother in Las Vegas. I would love to have you. Wow. Interviewed for the job and got it. Now that property brothers had already been hot. Hot property at that point. Yeah, they premiered in 2011 here in the United States. Okay, and um, brother versus brother. I came on season three. The seasons one and two were kind of like a competition show where they were like mentoring teams. Mm -hmm. But season three was the first time that they went head to head. Yeah, head to head. So you've been working with the Property Brothers for a while, off and on since that. Yeah, almost uh, every single winter since 2015, doing that show. Yeah, and so. Tell us some things that we don't know about Drew and Jonathan. I wish there was like so much juice. But I like, know you and Lauren, nobody's got anything bad to say about no. them. Okay. I don't need anything bad, but tell me something that we wouldn't expect. They're more fun in person. Mm. I, honestly, <laughs> I wish I could be like, here's no, it, the dirt. I know. I, it, I mean, it's actually really nice how to about hear this? It. Like they're the kind of guy that you get a, video of them singing you happy birthday on your birthday i know they just are my kid's birthday perfect they're not perfect they're human Everyone's how are they rate would they have a really good family their family's amazing yeah jim joanne i mean <laughs> i like they're like my family yeah. you know like they're great they like i don't know they really put family first they put each other first they have an amazing relationship with each other they're good communicators with each other they're good to their people so they've become this empire and yeah. they produce the show as well. So talk about how that factors into them as talent. Like, are they more hands-on in terms of the production part of it? You know, like, how does that work? They definitely are involved. I mean, I would say overall, it's a really positive thing. They're collaborators, yeah. you know, it can be really dicey, right? You got your your talent who are also on the production company and are also executive producers of the show with you. And that could, 
maybe not be ideal. Right. But, I, you know, their ideas are always really good. And they yeah. like see holes maybe that you didn't see. And uh, they know their brand better than anyone else. So what they say usually brings a lot to the table. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out this. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll just do that. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Of course. Yeah. I think that's rare. I'm really great. They're really smart. Yeah. Um, they're definitely like future focused. Um, very ambitious. They're very ambitious, but good hearted. You know, they're Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do feel like that. Adds Canadians an, like are amazing. Yeah. They are, right. I, like, I have my you honorary ever, Maple Leaf. When have you ever met an asshole Canadian? Oh, they're out there. But I um, guess Lauren Michaels is kind of an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> From what I've heard. I don't know. Like they're just lovely lovely humans and yeah. I feel grateful to have a working relationship with them and I'm grateful that I've been able to spend so much time with them and and call them friend along with coworker. like we're friends I love that yeah so when you went out to Vegas you brought you brought the family yeah and that kind of started this adventure lifestyle mm-hmm. and so at this point how old was Oscar and like were you talking about okay how are we going to do this like what's going to be our new life yeah um oscar was two when we left philadelphia we had kind of already decided that we wanted to homeschool before we decided to hit the road we weren't getting ready to put him in preschool or anything like that we knew that he was going to be home with us anyway so it really opened up opportunity because you thought we could just be anywhere yeah it doesn't matter that is the education right like you could road school your kid which is like the journey is the learning but is that what it's called when we went to lunch you said this philosophy is called something, but it wasn't. Well, I mean, there's many ways that you could call it. Like yeah. some people call it like experiential learning or no schooling or unschooling, unschooling. Hack schooling. <laughs> right. um, basically, we don't have a curriculum for him. We let him experience the world and have trust in him that he's innately curious and let him kind of lead his way in his education. So when a kid's two, right, mm-hmm. which is when you sort of decided this, how do you know what kind of kid he's going to be? Like if it was up to my daughter, and <laughs> which by the way, this would be her dream come true. She just do TikTok all day. She's not going to be like, let's go to the museum and read a book. Well, you're still a parent, right? He's two years old. He doesn't right. have so much of an opinion. So you're like, we're going to go to the playground. We're going to go right. to the science museum. But we did all that too. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and yet, and you could argue maybe because of all the school they fight back. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, He doesn't know what it's like to go to school. Right. And so how does he experience that? What's it like for him? I mean, he's a smart kid. He's, he's a quote smart. unquote normal kid in the world. Like how does he, he knows kids go to school. Mm-hmm. He knows kids also don't cause mm-hmm. he hangs out sometimes, you know? So what does he say about it? Um, I think he likes it. I, I, it's hard cause he doesn't know different. So he really can't quantify his experience. Right. And it's just like, he doesn't know any different than getting up and packing up every three to six months. You <laughs> God, know, so just, that sounds so sad. I know in some ways it is. I'm like, it's either going to be like the most amazing thing and he'll be so grateful for it. Or it's going to be like years of deep therapy and I'll have to pay for it. all. <laughs> Probably both. Probably, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Both. I yeah. think That's there's funny. a lot of pluses and minuses. Um, but I think for us, it was important to be together. And I think that the family aspect of it, of just us being a unit was more important. And then with the internet and everything like then the education would follow. And so on his own, he just became curious about reading and he taught himself everything. Thank God. So far he like knows (laughs) math and reading. 
It's crazy. And, and are there require state requirements? So we on paper are um I, I'm a resident of Texas. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I needed a place to send my mail. So when we <laughs> left Philly, yeah, we rented our house out on Airbnb and we couldn't have our mail sent there anymore. Uh. And so we we're like, well, what are we gonna do? So we found this RV club. And we have an address in Texas. Like it's a P.O. box? It's a street address because in the United States you need a street address. Oh. And um, that's my legal residence. And so how does that correlate with his education? Well, Texas doesn't have any um, <laughs> requirements. This is not surprising. Yeah. So they're like slapping on the back like, good luck. And you're like, okay. Like, don't Make sure you carry up. a gun. I know. I mean, it's amazing in that way that um, you have the freedom to do that. It's a little scary sometimes because there's probably kids who do need some eyes on them. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Yeah. But um, for us, it's been wonderful since we never enroll- enrolled him. I mean, the, I could deep dive on homeschooling laws, but really... He's under whatever jurisdiction of where he is for six months or more. So each state has their own separate homeschooling law. So you have to follow that of what you're at. Does he like the adventure? Does he like that there's always a new city and mm-hmm. a new adventure? I mean, he's a kid. Yes, I think so. I He says so. And he hasn't complained yet. Um, he's an excellent like road tripper. He will be like a seven or eight hour day. And he'll be like, oh, that was nothing. And I'm like, wow. How did you just say that? I wow. Think he's eight. Yeah. You know, he definitely, we spent a lot of time in New Orleans last year and we did enroll him in like a little kind of, I called it the hippie school, but, um, you know, he misses his friends, but the same, same time, like yesterday he was at Knott's Berry farm with his new friend, Aiden, and he's at a homeschool co-op today and with a gaggle of kids. And then he's probably really good at making friends. Yeah. I mean, he's like, where's the beating heart? Hi, I'm Oscar. I know it's awesome. That's so great. So then in terms of how you look at the next five to 10 years with him, I guess 10 till he, well, he's not going to go to college. Maybe he will. I don't know. Right, he might. It's right. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. his choice. You better let him go if he wants to go. <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> you're like, no, you're staying with us. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess in certain ways you have no restrictions. I guess the question is for you, you know, we talked about this a little at lunch, like show running is hard yeah. physically, you know, it's like, how long do you like, well, how do you see your career going in terms of, You've been doing these home shows. You start, you leave the LA in a, a month. Mm-hmm. You go back to Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. To do, say, what's the show name again? Uh, I'm going to do a show with Leanne and Steve Ford. It's yeah. have a new title this year, but. Yeah. And you become sort of the de facto hero showrunner for HGTV. To say. If you listen to my Lauren Roosh podcast, I think he specifically names you because you're just so great. Well, they're so great. You know and you've I mean? saved many shows that I know for a fact. For many production companies. So, I mean, come in. Well, I think, look, it's, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of showrunners. I think when you get somebody who's specifically good at this genre and really gets it, you hold on to that person for dear life. So I get why they treasure you. I treasure them back. So I treasure Lauren right back, especially. I know. He's so great. I know. I love him to bits. So do you see yourself doing more home? Like what's the, how do you envision the next five to 10 years? No, I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how you know, television changes, right. In the next five years, like there's no guarantees in our business right now. Um, I look at myself as a viewer and I'm, and I'm asking questions, right? Like I love Instagram stories. Yeah. My favorite show is a YouTube channel, you know, what YouTube channels do you like? Oh, they're all travel related. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. So it's always, it always goes back to travelers, man, from high school. Like there's these sailing, um, these sailors sailing La Vagabond. I just, it's such beautiful, 
footage, such great storytelling. Their life is so captivating. They just sailed Greta Thunberg across the Atlantic so she'd get to Spain. That was them. Oh my gosh. And they've been on YouTube forever. They got millions of subscribers. Like, wow. So, you know, there's something into that. I, I don't know what the future holds. I love doing home improvement shows. I think it's something that I find interesting. It's always changing. The houses are, uh, to me, the houses that we tackle on the shows are characters of their own. And I feel really gratified in like bringing these houses back to life and, you know, uh, being like helping to curry the story along of like our talent and these houses and, you know, helping families or, you know, helping these homes find new families. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do too. I, I really like, I don't ever go home at night and be like, oh, you know, I'm, I get tired like everybody else, but like, right. <laughs> it's just really gratifying television to make. It is. It's so fun. I mean, look, it's not going anywhere. She's still doing incredibly mm-hmm. and expanding and streaming and all yeah. that. So, um, so obviously you still have Wanderlust. What is on, name the five places that are on your bucket list to go before you die. There's so many Bahamas. I really want to go to the Bahamas. That's that's easy, honey. I know, I've been to the Bahamas like ten yet. times. Like and Minneapolis, never been there. Oh. Uh, Bali. I really want to go to Asia, and um, I, you know, this week it's Morocco. No, uh, they got Corona there too. Oh, they got Corona everywhere. Yeah, I've always had Morocco too, and then everyone I know who's gone there is like, eh. <laughs> that's the hair desert though. Like, I just want to go see yeah. those dunes. I know, and I love all the tile, the Moroccan tile, oh, and the rugs, all the textiles. Yeah. My, but I want to go South Africa. Yes, that's number one. Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa are my top. Um, I just, I think, like the idea of going on safari. I just can't imagine anything more amazing. Take Carly and go. Is she, oh my God, my kid, she's the opposite. She literally, MB, she said to me, why would we go there when we can go to San Diego? It's less than two hours away. <laughs> they have a great zoo. I swear oh. she told me that. Because my mom offered to bring her for her bat mitzvah gift. She's like, hell no. My daughter, I mean, I went by myself to Southeast Asia in my 20s. My daughter won't go to down to Starbucks by herself. Like she is, <laughs> although she did, that was a big deal. My husband's like, I can't believe you let her do that. Um, but it's, look, it's a different world. Yeah. And I think that's what's so great about the way that you're raising your son because it's a kind of throwback, you it's know? super throwback in a way. You just have to, like, I don't know. It's a big leap of faith. Like, I don't know how it's going to end. Yeah, it's and I don't know what great- the next five years hold with him and his education either. Like the great thing about homeschool is that like, if it's not working, just find something else. Like, right. It's no big deal. Just put him in school then. You know what I mean? And I was super curious. So in case the listeners are super curious, like what does he do every day? Um. Well, right now it's roller coasters. So he's obsessed with roller coasters. What do you want to know? He'll he knows you. it all. It's unbelievable. So he even understands like how they work. Yeah. <laughs> like, he especially understands he, that. Well, to me, it's like, all right. So do you think he'll be an engineer? I don't know. That's his, you think he's I don't know good. if his brain works that way. He's just okay. like enthusiastic okay. about it. Okay. Like he's not sitting there like drawing okay. out. <laughs> it's more of like a comprehensive understanding of how roller coasters work. Okay. And then, I mean, he can tell you, like he can look at track and be like, oh yeah, that's an RMC. No. Rocky Mountain Construction Stop. Coaster. They're, num- they're tallest ones like Rougarou in Japan. And, I'll be like, and is he researching this? this on the internet? He's an audible learner. So it's all YouTube. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. That's how he likes to learn. Um, he'll read stuff now. Like that, just this week, he went and got a book. We, he has a roller coaster book. And he pulled out a reference. and He was wow. like, looking it up. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, do, are you happy? 
Are you a thoughtful citizen? You know, are you kind to others? Can you read? <laughs> can you write? You know what I mean? Can you yeah. do math? Like, right. can, and then the biggest one is, can you learn? And right now he's proven that he knows how to learn. Yeah, that's and, really and that's, good. And you tie that back into reality television, right? Like, I didn't know how to build a house. I knew nothing about it. Right. I didn't know, like, you needed your rough and valves before you put your trim kid in the shower. Yeah. Like, but I, understand. I do now. Yeah. So it's like, okay. I And I do feel that reality television gave me the confidence to live this lifestyle. Yeah. Know? That's interesting. Is he interested in what you do? Um. He, if I made roller coaster vids right. for YouTube, he'd be much more interested. No, I mean, he knows that I make TV shows. He knows who the property, he knows the reaction that the property brothers get. And I think. So you're kind of like a, you're celebrity adjacent to that. Yeah. But I'm mom. <laughs> Last but not least, since you've been in our fair city for what, four months, five mm-hmm. months. I've been coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it? How are you, how are you liking it? I like LA. I like, I like it's an industry town and that's been interesting to like experience. It's so different. It's right? so different. I mean, it, you know, I, I came up on Banyan night. We came up in Philly. Our experience in television is so different than most people's in the entertainment industry. Yes. Um. So it's been interesting to be here. I don't know. It's been cool. Yeah. It's so, uh, it, you're right. It's so different that I always think like in that sliding doors thing, if I had come here instead of New York, who would I even be? I I don't don't even know. know. I texted my friend who lives out here and I was like, it's February, February. Like it's beautiful. Like I was walking my dog in a tank top the other February 28th. (laughs) I thought this is insane. Like I remember being at my friend's wedding February, the end of February and we were, it was like negative 50. Slushy mess. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting producing television here. Everyone's super savvy. Yeah. You know, like I've actually found when I moved here, I was shocked. Something that really surprised me that I wasn't expecting was how easy the crew, like just production people were to work with. They were willing to bend their rates. They were willing, they were so, so nice, more than Philly, more than New York, more than even like when I was on location in Denver or something. Yeah. And I was so, that was the biggest surprise. I thought they'd be the most jaded, the most obnoxious, you know, why would we say yes to you, you know, for this rate when I could do it? I could have another job today, you know, and it was not like that at all. Some of the nicest production people that I've worked with are here. Right. Yeah, totally. I've been lucky enough. I've I've been working with a lot of LA based crews since 2015. So like kind of been loving that culture for a while now. And it it is true. I mean, I don't know. I've worked with great crews. My DP um, that I've been working with quite a bit, Vince, he's, you know, we went to the same high school, but we met on set. no way Mm -hmm. that's weird so and he's got like the same jersey like east coaster (laughs) mentality but he lives out here yes so it's a good combo it is a good combo so i I don't know like the crews are great out here they really are so when is brother versus brother coming out when when can we watch here's june 7th sundays at nine okay good so everybody watch it we will continue to watch your career and see how this social experiment goes it seems like it's going swimmingly so far, so good. I'm endlessly fascinated by it, as you can tell, because it feels like, you know, it's one of those like if I was a vegan. I feel like we should talk. <laughs> hold on. Can I say something? I feel like we should talk about like how I pack everything up into my car and go from town to town. Yes. How really the hell do you do? Do you just keep it lean and mean? Yeah, <laughs> we do. Have to. We got rid of everything we owned. We sold our house in Philly and 
So what do you actually have? Just clothes and toiletries? No, I have like my La Crusade and my Instant Pot and oh, my right. favorite Pots wooden and... stir and a spice Is that all box. in one box? Yeah, I have a whole box system for the back of our like Volvo that we like have all the essentials in. Do you have any sentimental feelings when you leave places? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, you you live in these places, right? So they are a part of your story. Um. But then we're always excited for the next adventure. Like right now, I'm four weeks out. I'm like already got my brain on like, okay, how are we going to get to the next place? And then. Well, you're a producer too. So I'm sure you have it all planned out. Plan A, B, and C. And what's your husband, like how does your husband relate to the whole planning aspect? Is he just in it with you or he's like, take me where we need to go? Uh, There's that. But he's (laughs) like, he stays at home. He's a stay at home dad. So he has to do, he has to do it all too. He's doing a lot. And I I really, I couldn't do the job I do without him. Right. Like we're in a new place. Yeah. You know, he's like hanging with our kid all day long, grocery shopping, laundry, like finances, the whole shebang. And he's just up for it. Yeah. Like wherever you want to go, he's up for it. Totally. We had the conversation and he was like, you have the career. You've always wanted to do this. Let's just go. And so we did. I mean, we just got rid of all of our stuff, packed up the essentials. I wear black, white, blue, and gray, and we don't have a ton. My kid has a bin for his toys. That's it. And then we're like, where do you want us to go? We'll go. That's so freeing, too, to not literally have baggage. Literally don't. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I bring my picture frames. I bring, right. <laughs> you know, my son's amusement park maps so we can put them on the wall. Right. Just like little things so it feels like home. Right. And what's your, do you have a relationship with your family? Are your parents living? Yeah. Uh, my dad passed this year, unfortunately. Oh, I'm so sorry. But my mom um, and my sisters, they've both been out to visit us here in LA. And what do they think of all this? You know, they've been really supportive. That's awesome. Yeah. They always were supportive. It was always like, you want to be a TV producer? Okay, cool. Like my mom dragged me to live with Regis and Kelly, or no, Stop. Regis and Kathy Lee and was like, ask Gellman what you should major in. And Did was, you? Yeah. And he was like, you should major in journalism so you know how to write. And I'm like, copy that. <laughs> right. Uh, Noted. Guess who has a degree in journalism now? I love it. Yeah. Gelman. He's Gelman. like the he's like the wise messiah. Intern to EP forever. Okay. Uh, right. He really is. Yeah. He will die on that set. I think he will. I mean, I would. He's probably making gazillions. Yeah, and like for an hour of TV a day. Still a great show. It's so great. Well, MB, this has been so great. Everybody watch Brother vs. Brother premiering June 7th. At nine o'clock, Sundays at nine, starting in June. On HGTV. Yes. I'm excited for you and all your new adventures. Zenny, do you have any Instagram or anything you want to tell yeah, people? You, well, I'm I'm private. I'm so yeah, lame. Don't follow don't her. Don't follow me. Just live vicariously through her words on this podcast. Sorry, gang. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. 